Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Anne, and we are here with our co-host, Miss Sarah. Hi, we've got a great topic today, a very timely topic, a very summer-ready topic, exactly. if I do say so myself. You may. Tell us. And you just did. Tell us what it is. Today's topic is sun exposure and sunscreen. <laughs> exciting. And it is exciting. Some people are probably going like, yeah, right. I don't want to hear this. But no, we've got some interesting information, personal stories, that kind of thing. Sick photos. Sick photos that they'll be able to check out later on our... Social what? media. Social media. Yes. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But okay. So let's just jump into it. Okay, so this is how I'm jumping in, to the deep end, mm-hmm. with my sunscreen on, may I, <laughs> may I add that? I'm going to start this out by giving a little personal story about myself and how I met my husband. Okay. And, well, not how I met my husband. At the basically, pool? Basically, poolside? <laughs> no. No, when I met my husband. So we had been dating a couple of weeks, and he had this area on his neck, and it, it seemed like this never-ending sore. I mean, that sounds gross, but it was real small. So it wasn't that big, but it was on the side of his neck and it would heal up. And then it, it seems like it would then not be healed and it would heal up again and it would come and over. Go. It, it was always there, but it would like heal over and then, and then like not be healed and like be an open sore again. I know it sounds terrible. And I am an RN. I should have known, but I kind of didn't. I wasn't really paying attention that much. We also don't want to diagnose your dates. <laughs> uh, maybe we could come up with a new podcast. <laughs> Diagnosing dates. <laughs> yeah, well, and so you're always complaining to me how I don't notice things on you. Well, I was dating him like six or eight weeks, and I didn't notice he had skin cancer on his neck. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yes. So I finally said to him, you know, you might want to get that checked out. That just doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And he, oh no, it'll go away. It, it, well, it never did. And then when he actually thought back on it, he realized it had been doing that for like three years. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was at my plastic surgery job one evening and one of the surgeons came in and checked on his patient and was leaving. And I said, hey, by the way, like, can I ask you a question real quick? He's like, sure. I whip out my phone and I show him this photo that I'd taken. I'm like, what is that? It took him two seconds. He's like, oh, that's basal cell skin cancer. I'm like, oh, great. So at that point, he did set up an appointment with a dermatologist. He went in. Was this photo that you showed him that he was so, it was so easy for him to recognize? Was it at a point where it had like flared up and was open? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and just the fact that it never truly healed was like the big red flag that I totally missed. <laughs> that's, I, and I don't know if that's as common, like as commonly well known as it is now for you since you've experienced that. And for me, I have an in-law that has been through cancer that before they were diagnosed, they had like an abrasion on their chest that was like, no, it's just bug bites. They just never go away. No, it's just, it's my allergies. They just flare up and then they go down and they flare up and stuff. And it was not, it was definitely your body's like sign of not being able to heal itself because whatever it was, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was a, it's a telltale sign of your body's immune system saying, hey, we're working on something else. We don't really have time to take care of that right now. Yeah, exactly. 
So that's like a, that's a big red flag, it's like a, you're saying. Right. And especially with basal cell skin cancers. So there's different types of skin cancer. Um, there's basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, and of course, melanoma, which nobody wants to ever hear that they have melanoma. That's the most common, right? No, no, no. It's not the most common, but it is the worst. It's that's Melanoma is bad. Of the ones you just listed, that's the only one I've heard of. The only type of skin cancer I've heard of. Yes. Well, it's it's definitely the worst. So he had basal cell skin cancer. So at this point, when he got like officially diagnosed, were y'all married? No. Oh, you still dating? Yeah, we were still dating. And you still stuck with him? And I still stuck with him. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have a joke. You know the joke. He's my fixer-upper husband. Mm-hmm. He had all these like medical issues and... You fix now, him up, he fixes your house up. Well, I'm fixing him up, and then I'm going to, like, flip him. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a husband flipper. Oh. Yeah. But not really. I'd never let this one go. Okay. I mean, the other five, like, he definitely <laughs> doesn't compare. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, no. Okay, so of all those types of skin cancer, he had the basal cell. He had basal cell, which, so this is interesting. This is what I want people to understand. Um, let me give you a little bit of history and background on him. He grew up in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. And he grew up literally on boats just all summer long. In fact, it's really cool. I didn't realize this. A lot of the lakes are attached and they have little tributaries that attach them. So where I grew up in Oklahoma and I rode my bicycle. The land of one plane. <laughs> the land of four lakes. <laughs> <laughs> We rode She actually bicycles. didn't know what a lake was until she moved <laughs> out of Oklahoma. No, I did. I did because I lived near Thunderbird, which we used to call Dirty Bird. Lake Dirty Bird. Nice. Yeah, if that gives you any idea. Yeah, so actually, side note, when I met him and he was like really into boats and loved going to the lake, like Lake Louisville around here, I was not impressed because my idea of people going to the lake was way different than his idea and the way he grew up. Because in Minnesota, for every for every car there is in a driveway, there's a boat. Whether it's a bass boat, a motorboat, a pontoon boat. Like, people have as many boats in Minnesota as they have cars. Wow. Yeah. Because it's the land of 10,000 lakes. But so where I rode bicycles growing up, going around town, they rode boats. Like, the lakes are all connected with these little tiny, you know, tributaries, these little... These little skinny things. I don't know what you call them, but... They're like they, side roads of yeah, rivers. Yeah. Like, so they could literally go for miles and miles and miles and always be on a boat. And they would just go from lake to lake to lake. So, like, my husband was driving a boat. I think he said he was, like, 10 or 11 or something crazy like that. So he was out in the sun. Plus, being from Minnesota, Minnesota, he is half Norwegian, so he's light hair, light eyes, well, light skin. Do you, do you want to? Don't you know? Do you want to clarify that light hair? Well, he has no, no hair. <laughs> <laughs> when he had hair, it was light. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, so no hair, light eyes, and Norwegian. <laughs> um, anyway, so he went years and years you know, putting sunscreen on one time in the morning because his mom made him, and then it was Coppertone, too, by the way, just 
like the first sunscreen <laughs> ever made, fact. probably. Mm-hmm. And um, then he would leave and he'd be gone all day from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night out on the water. So, you know, fast forward in his adult years, he was also on the boat quite a bit, out on a boat quite a bit. And um, so anyway... So we get it. He grew up on a lake. Since then, he has had five skin cancers removed in the five years that we've been married. Wow. Yeah. No relation. No correlation <laughs> to you are the light of his life. I am the light of his life. Ooh. However, you didn't cause the Do skin cancer. Do you think cancer. I caused skin cancer? No. Close proximity to Anne Bechtold, Ariane, <laughs> causes skin cancer. <laughs> no, but this is what's interesting, honestly. Um, when we went to the dermatologist and he saw these different areas. Actually, he didn't see them all at different times. He's had them removed over the five years. But the first one was on his neck. The second one was on his back. He's had um, three on his face. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, well, you know, he has that big scar on his the middle of his mm-hmm. cheek right now. So this is what's interesting is um, a lot of people don't think that basal cell skin cancer is that bad. And it's not. It's, it's kind of the least you know, worse of them. Yeah, so this is something that he could just, it's not like in your entire body. Like he cut it off his skin, they had it removed. Right, but the problem is people don't think it's important, so they leave it alone and people have died. It's very, very rare, but people can die of basal cell. So for instance, he said, I'm really glad that you came in and had this taken care of. It looks like it's been here for quite a while. He said, you know, I have some farmers, old farmers that come in and they have a basal skin cancer on their face for 15, sometimes even 20 years. And by the time they decide to do something about it, at that point, it has finally embedded and grown deep enough that now there was not much that they could do. Like they could remove it, but it didn't really remove it. It's very rare for basal cell skin cancer to get into the bloodstream and Mm -hmm. spread and become, you know, um, metastasized someplace else. But it can happen. So the point is, don't ignore it. You've got to get it taken care of. You've got to get it off. Yeah. I'm tempted to say it's no big deal, but it could be. A, you know, it, it, the truth is it could be a big deal. Yeah. Anything that never heals on your body completely is a big deal. Yeah. So get it looked into. And then, of course, there's melanoma. So and wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So why did, why did he have it five different times? Is it something that is just kind of going to keep coming back in different places, in different ways, and he's just going to have to deal with that the rest of his life? Yes, we're going to have to keep watching it now for the rest of his life because he had so much sun, sun exposure. exposure. And, you know, it probably, I, I personally believe it wasn't as much of the sun exposure when he was younger as it's the sun exposure he had in the last 15 years or so. So he had basal cell skin cancer, and then there's squamous cell skin cancer, and then, of course, there's the dreaded melanoma. And um, so anyway, and nobody ever wants to have melanoma because you can literally have melanoma the size of the tip of a pencil, and that's still too much. Like I know people have had... You can't just cut that out? You can, but it it could still have already spread. I mean, me- melanoma is just crazy. Mm. And I also do want to add here... Some people may think that I'm being funny, and I'm not. I'm, this is a, a heads-up, serious moment. You do not 
um, always have to have, like melanoma does not always have to be in a place where sun is shining. So you can get melanoma where the sun don't shine. Yes, you can. Is that what you're saying? I am because I, I know of someone who died from having melanoma for years and she had melanoma on her labia. Mm, that's so sad. It is. It's terrible. And so anyway, I'm definitely an advocate for sunscreen. However, there's some people that are talking about sunscreens and not wanting to use them, that are wanting to make their own sunscreens. You can find it on Pinterest, and they're doing coconut oil and, I don't know, so, shea I mean, butter and all these still, different kinds of things. And they're it, still pro-sunscreen. They're just maybe not pro-chemical store-bought sunscreen. Well, that's true. But it kind of throws me back to the days of, like, you would know nothing about. when. So I'm aging ouch. myself. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's ouch to me. Like... My friends, I'm not going to say me because I was the one that I didn't like to be hot and uncomfortable and sweaty. I just thought that was like, I'm like, that's no fun. So I was the one going on the Sonic run or the beer run. <laughs> so, you know, but basically they were using baby oil. And then I don't know why we you're put talking about iodine. Tanning. You're, yeah. you're talking about tanning. You didn't clarify that. Your friends would go tanning. You would go on the drink runs. Yeah, sorry. I got you. Thanks. I can read your mind. Can't read my mind. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the types of sunscreens that we would probably want to or need to use because that's what's important. There's some information that have come that has come out lately about all of this. That's why we're talking about it. Yes, that's that's what this whole program is about. Also, on top of the fact that it is May, it's May Skin, Skin Cancer, Cancer Awareness, Awareness Month. Month. Jinx! <laughs> I love it. I love it when we work together like that. That's so great. So, um, what are the two types? Basically, two categories of sunscreen. There's, yeah, there's two categories of sun, well. Now there's three. There's three categories of sunscreen. Okay. The two that I'm most familiar with are, you have chemical based sunscreens, and those chemicals are more like, um, they're your sunscreens that are going to be waterproof, and sweat proof, so anything things like that. Yeah, it's the lotion you get or the sprays you get that lotion you put on your skin. Like, well, no, the lotion sprays, and. Um, what happened? Uh, Aren't you trying to get the fact that there's physical and chemical? Yes. So okay. get to the chemical. So the chemical ingredients, the active ingredients for chemical sunscreens are oxybenzone, avobenzone, octosalate. You know, I can't even pronounce half of them. Octocrylene, homosalate, and octinoxate. Octinoxate. That's a sunscreen chemical that has eight arms. <laughs> Maybe it has eight chemical bonds. Maybe I'm not too far <laughs> off. I don't know. But anyway, those, the difference in those and the other, which are called physical sunscreens, and the physical sunscreens are literally the two chemicals are zinc and zinc titan titanium oxide. Okay, when you say physical sunscreen, I'm picturing like a hat, a shirt, like something that physically covers your body. Is that a separate category? Because that's like... That would be a separate category. That's shade. not a sunscreen. That's a piece of clothing. That is, it screens the sun from you. Yeah, but it's a piece of clothing. Okay, well, that's my no. preferred type of Zinc sunscreen is the shade, a tree, a yeah. cool hat. Right. <laughs> but titanium, titanium dioxide and zinc... Those are chemicals. 
Well, they go on top of your skin and they sit on top of your skin. They do not absorb into the skin and they will wash off when you get in the water. But so those are considered right. Those are considered physical sunscreens because they fully physically block UVA and the UVB rays. And to me, that is the best sunscreen. That is the only sunscreen I use. There is a a um, medical grade sunscreen manufacturer out there, Elta MD. I love their products. And they have both zinc and titanium oxide in their products. They also, to my knowledge, have the only spray-on zinc sunscreen. But it's not waterproof. Well, they, yeah, their products, they have some water resistance to them. In mm. fact, there's not a single waterproof. I don't think there's any water, uh, any sunscreen out there that's waterproof anymore ever since the FDA about three years ago, changed their rules on how they could advertise and market. Mm -hmm. You know, so all that kind of thing, which they're apparently by November... That's why everyone's getting skin cancer. How yeah. are we supposed to put on sunscreen and then go swimming? That's the point of summer. It is the point of summer, but <laughs> there were the days that you used to have to put on your sunscreen 30 minutes before you went outside, which they still recommend. Apply 30 minutes before you go out in the sun. But not to stay in the water too long because the sunscreen would wash off and when you get out reapply immediately well so what they're finding is with these chemical sunscreens is that they're finding that they're absorbing into they're they're finding them in breast milk in blood in urine and what was the fourth thing that i mentioned earlier before we came before we started recording that's all you said no there were four snot Saliva? <laughs> no. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. It's in here somewhere. Breast milk, amniotic fluid, oh. urine, and blood. So, yeah. So, you know, then that brings up, of course, now this is why people are getting into, they want the organic and the natural substances. So now, apparently, on Pinterest, you can go find sunscreen you know, DIY recipes sunscreen. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you can make your own at home with zinc and stuff, but it doesn't have all the chemicals that are, like you're saying, these ones that are absorbing into your skin and getting into your body. Right. Another interesting uh, point that came out several years ago is that even though the use of sunscreen has been on the rise for the last 10 to 15 years, the... Uh, rate of skin cancer has also been on the rise. So to me, I think that this goes hand in hand with this new information about these chemical sunscreens and how they're being absorbed into the body. Because at that time when I heard that information come out, it's like, how can the use of sunscreen, more people are using more sunscreen and they're using it more often and they're using it like they're supposed to, but yet skin cancer is going up too. And I think that... Because um, it's all washing off in the pool. <laughs> well, I think there's two things. Number one, I think with the invention of sunscreen that is, quote, you know, water resistant, possibly waterproof or whatever. I forgot how they have to word that, but they have a specific way they have to word it. Anyway, being able to stay out in the sun longer and in, you know, around the water... We now have people that are just tailgating all day at the pool or at the beach. 
Whereas when you were little, I know you don't remember, but when you were little, it was we put sunscreen on you before, you know, like 20 minutes before you went out. We went out, we kind of splashed around a little bit, didn't really get in the pool. Then, okay, then we made the full commitment. We got in the pool, but we could only stay in the pool for about 20 minutes because we didn't want to get sunburned. Then you had to get out of the pool, and I made you put sunscreen on again. <laughs> so people were not in the water as much, and now with these sunscreens that supposedly have more water, water resistance, we're able to actually stay in the water longer. Well, I think that that has attributed because people are not really paying attention how long they're being out in the sun. And so now they're tailgating all day at the beach and at the pool. And so even though they're using more sunscreen, maybe they're not using more enough. Another theory is that the chemical sunscreens actually absorb into the skin and they don't necessarily protect the layer of the dermis. Because, you know, you have your epidermis and then you have your dermis. Mm -hmm. So the theory is that these chemical sunscreens, that once they absorb, they, they absorb it, yet they kind of break apart because they're not really laying on top of the dermis. Mm -hmm. And so um, what they do, though, is the UVB rays, you know, you hear of UVA and UVB. The UVB are the rays that, that create the burn and make you red, and it's basically the inflammatory response. And so what sunscreen does is it, it makes it so that your skin doesn't react to that. So another theory is people were getting sunburned and not knowing it because the chemicals that were in the sunscreen was basically keeping their skin from, from telling them, hey, yeah. I'm getting burned. It was masking the symptom. Exactly. That's probably the most likely. Yes, I agree. And so that's why I like the zinc oxide and the titanium dioxide because they're physical sunscreens. They sit on top of the epidermis. They don't absorb into the skin. They just sit on top of the skin and don't move until you wash them off. But they're kind of a pain. So that's, that's my take on sunscreen. And I love L to MD. They have a lot of different kinds of sunscreen. Are they sold in stores? No. L to MD is a medical grade sunscreen. So you will find it at dermatology offices and other physicians at med spas. One of the med spas I work at, we carry it. That's why I love it so much. Is it, is it, it does the price reflect the fact that it's more intense and medical grade? No. Oh, sweet. Yes, it's very reasonably priced. Awesome. Yeah, and they have a fantastic, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but they have a fantastic aerosol spray that I think is the only spray on zinc oxide because right now the only way that you can get a sunscreen in a spray is going to be these chemical sprays mm -hmm. the ones that have all the chemicals that absorb into your skin but they actually have one that's a, you can spray it on and it does if, if you spray it on it sprays on white but then you just kind of help rub it in a little bit and then the white disappears mm -hmm. so well unless you're going for that dad who can't fully ever rub in his sunscreen look <laughs> yeah that's my fave yeah, we love it. But but um, I think I'm just going to opt for like a snowsuit for my child. Like head mask, fully covered arms, everything. Mm -hmm. Physical sunscreen. True physical. <laughs> yeah. I, th I say we go back to wham. the days of the swim, the actual swim suit. You know, like back in the 20s mm -hmm. when 
they first started swimming in public and they had to wear... Knees to elbows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. That, that, You know, we're (laughs) we're kind of making fun of that, but we don't live in a beach community. And so, like, in Florida and California, like, don't they have swim shirts and stuff now? Yes. Well, the thing is, there's always that, like, one kid at summer camp that has... uh, now, don't make fun of them. <laughs> There's always that one kid whose mom sends them with the long sleeve rash guards, you know, like for surfing, but it's it's basically like a water, it's a, a, a pool shirt that you wear that's very lightweight and breathable so you don't get hot, but it is a physical barrier because they sunscreen just isn't enough for them. Bless their little hearts. Yeah. So back to... The DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. Because what kinds of things are people using? Like, what are they pulling out of their cabinets or going to the grocery store to buy well, to you make can, a homemade sunscreen? I can't think of anything that would be... You can buy zinc. Like, this isn't just this physical... These physical chemicals that are barriers on your skin. It's not just... Anyone can get a hold of this Okay, stuff. so they're not, like, getting cooking oil out of their cabinet. No. And putting, like... They're making homemade blueberry juice in it to make it blue and like putting it on themselves. And Where like, are you getting this? I don't Where know, are you I just, just making this up? Yeah, making do you it think up. these people are just making it up? Like maybe this yes. will work. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm very worried about that. Yes. No, I feel, I feel like people, I mean, if, uh, I'm sure there's people that are doing that, but it's probably not going to work out for them and they're probably going to still get sunburns and from that. But no, you like there's recipes online where you can, you can buy zinc and incorporate it with like coconut oil or shea butter oil or things that are like vitamin E oil, things that do absorb into your skin, but then obviously the zinc and the whatever else you said that won't... Titanium dioxide? Yeah, that won't absorb into the skin. That'll sit on top, but you mix it so with things that are like are they oils buying and stuff. clear zinc or is it the old-fashioned white zinc like with the big, you know, white stripe down the middle of the nose? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's... If you read through articles and stuff, I'm sure there's like suggestions and rule of thumb is like usually the more money you put into something the better quality that it is yes so you can do your research on what type of zinc or what brand of zinc or whatever that you need to get but you can mix it with like coconut oil or beeswax or shea butter and there's probably obviously like a percentage or a i don't know like a dosage level of zinc that you need in there for it to be effective yeah i wonder how would they figure out like what the spf level is that's a good you question. Know? But, I mean, there, there's... But if it's got zinc, I mean, like, more power to them. At least I'm glad to hear that they're using zinc because otherwise, if they were using other ingredients, it would be just be more like a tanning type thing, like when we used, like, baby oil and iodine. Yeah, you have to obviously use something that is proven to protect your skin. You can't just be like, you know what, I bet... Green bean juice protects my skin. I'm going to try that. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, some people... I had people... green beans for dinner. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. It's yeah. on my brain. Yes. I, I mean, you just never know. There's, You see just crazy <laughs> That's probably what the they're time. thinking. You never know. You got to try it. <laughs> well, you just see things like crazy stuff all the time. That's true. But anyway, well, we will wrap this up. We okay, so the pictures to... of your husband, um, we're going to post those on your... Social media, so y'all can go look at them. So, honest, I know you're you're a nurse, so your scale 
might be a little skewed, but on a normal person scale of like one to 10, how graphic are these images? Is it like open sores, open wounds? I would probably say on a scale of one to 10, with one being the least graphic, 10 being the most, I'd say probably like a three. But one else... being like a picture of our dog and 10 being like <laughs> the worst car accident that you've ever seen. See, I would still say like a four. But you would probably <laughs> you, you would probably say like, oh, that's a nine. Okay, so this so is, we'll post the content, but we'll put a a disclaimer on there, like a warning graphic content. Yes, one thing that I do want to point out: the reason why we're putting him up there and why he's agreed to allow me to put them up there is because we want people to understand that even though a skin cancer can be really really small, it can make a very large wound. So where he is the scar on his face that that's the only open one that we show is um the hole that you'll see in his face the skin cancer was about half the size of that actual hole because when they do skin cancer removal they have to get what's called clear margins and so you got you have to go to a Mohs surgeon and have the Mohs surgery done and uh, you know, better I, safe than sorry is yeah. what you're saying. Let me go through this real quick before we wrap it up. If people have never had Mohs surgery done, you go to the dermatologist that is a Mohs surgeon. You go in, they shoot you up with some lidocaine, they cut out a piece of your skin cancer, they bandage it up, and they send you out into the waiting room. And you sit in the waiting room with a big bandage on your, usually on your face, is where you're having Mohs surgery done, or your nose, or whatever. And then they literally, literally look at it under the microscope in their office and decide if they have clear margins or not. More time, I've never heard of anyone getting it the first time. Then they call you back again and shoot you up with some more lidocaine and then cut some more out and they go through that process again. Well, Dave had to have this done on two of his areas. He had to have it done four times. Wow. Most people only have to have it done twice and rarely do you have to have it three. So anyway, um, one of the open graphic pictures we'll have is the one that he had on his face. And then also the one that he had above his left eye was very small. It was probably like the size of the end of somebody's pinky, like the tip of somebody's pinky, mm-hmm. like like their fingernail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a couple centimeters. Yeah, a couple of centimeters. But Dr. Ha was amazing. He took that and, and you know, it has... It kind of has an L shape to it, but the the guy L for love, yeah, L for love. The guy, the uh, Mohs surgeon, kept saying, "I, you know, I think he's going to have to do a skin graft. I think he's going to have to do a skin graft." That's how huge it was. He had a huge. We don't have a picture of that, but huge, like it was literally one third of his forehead. Wow, that was open. That and, they just kept cutting and kept cutting. Yes, and so they and you could see I could see his skull. Like he had no, there was no flesh left. That's how deep it was. That's how deep it, it was. Very deep. It was very very tiny. But he'd left it on there for so long. It was so deep, and they thought they were going to have to do a skin graft. But Dr. Richard Ha at Dallas Plastic Surgery Institute is one of the most amazing plastic surgeons. That he did not have to use a skin graft. He was able to get it closed. And he basically did like a little mini facelift on Dave. He a two had, for one. He did. He literally, he had to remove his skin from his skull, just like a facelift, in order to get his skin to be able to move and put it together. Did they just lift that one side, though? Is he now like wonky? Like, <laughs> like always no. looks like he's questioning something? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he did an amazing job. But 
So skin so we'll cancer is not something you want to mess around with. Once you have a sore that's not healing or something or it looks weird or it's just redness, it won't go away. You guys just go to your dermatologist, get it checked out, just bite the bullet, pay the dermatologist, have your body mapping done. Do it. And do and it then now. Wear the right kinds of sunscreen. So Full body suit, hat, long sleeve shirt, sunglasses, tree, everything. Fan. Yes. A friend All with right. their hand blocking <laughs> your eyes from the sun. Anything like that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate your support. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are on Spotify and iTunes. And share this with your friends because it is National Skin Cancer Awareness Month in May. Um, gearing up for summer, we want to make sure that everyone is aware and protected. And we don't want to see those numbers on the rise of those skincare diagnoses. So thank you for liking and commenting and sharing. Oh, our social media, so you can go check out those pictures of Anne's husband if you want, is Aesthetic Anne RN. That's Instagram and Facebook, Aesthetic Anne RN. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great day. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye bye. The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Before having any of the procedures or treatments discussed on this program, it is strongly advised to seek the professional opinion of a medical physician. Anne Bechtold is not a physician and therefore it is not in her scope of practice to give medical advice. As with any medical treatment, the individual seeking treatment must be seen by a licensed physician.